Well, thank you for that. Uh, today we continue. We finish up our series on uh, stewardship that we've been in for the last four weeks. And later on in the service, we will make our financial commitments for uh, 2023. Today I'm going to take a look at a passage of scripture, two passages actually, from the, uh, Paul's letter to the second letter to the Corinthians, verses 8, uh, 1 through 9, and then I also want to read 9, 6 through 8. So listen to God's word for us this morning. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they went beyond our expectations. Having given themselves, first of all, to the Lord, they gave themselves by the will of God also to us. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a, a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And then from chapter uh, 9. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also weep generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Let's pray together. God, we ask that you would take this, these passages of scripture, your word to us, and also the meditations of my heart, and speak to us a clear word today that um, might prompt us to take another step forward in our walk with you. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. I have a friend who, whose dad is a really a nationally known pediatrician. Um, and for a number of years, he has carved out a number of weeks in his life to go to Uzbekistan to work with the medical community there, a very developing medical community, um, to help them in this field of pediatrics. He's left his home, beautiful home in Seattle, has traveled to this kind of developing country and donates his time to help 
people of that faraway country. He even retired a bit early so that he could be freed to donate more of his time to the people of this country. At one point, the government of Uzbekistan was so thankful for his service that they had a ceremony to thank him and to acknowledge his important service to their country. Now, the people of this Islamic government were kind of puzzled, actually, by his commitment of giving so much of his time and energy to the people of their country. So they asked him, why do you do this? They were genuinely puzzled. Good question, isn't it? Why would a successful doctor leave the beautiful weather of Seattle, for all my friends in Seattle, for weeks at a time and go to the uncomfortable environment of a developing country and donate his services, his time, when he could easily be taking a few weeks to relax in the Bahamas or Hawaii. Well, Jeff's dad, my friend's dad, had a very simple answer in return. It's because of what Jesus Christ has done in my life. That was it. Gratitude. Love. His response uh, points to the heart, really, of Christian giving. It's also very much like a story I heard about Mother Teresa and her work with the poorest of the poor in India, in Calcutta. A reporter from the United States came once and just observed her and the Sisters of Mercy doing their work in the slums of Calcutta. After observing, the sisters cleaned the dirty wounds of the poor, watching them hold forks in the arm, or holding folks as they died. After being there and seeing the tough work that they did in day in and day out, he remarked to Mother Teresa, I wouldn't do what you do for a million dollars. To which she replied, neither would I. <laughs> she always had great answers. You know, we've been looking at giving and money and stewardship for these last number of weeks and talked about the reasons for giving and other things, but this really, these two stories get to the heart of why we give and why it's important. You see, I think when we experience the grace of God and really get in touch with it, this notion of all that God has given to us, that all we have is grace, our health, our opportunities, our relationships, our education, jobs, money, the beauty of creation all around us, <laughs> a beautiful singing voice, the very breath we take, when we realize that's grace and that God has given us all these things, then I think we are transformed. It's a transforming experience. And we want to give out of the abundance that has been so freely given to us. You know, this story that I just read about, this passage from Corinthians, wow, what an amazing story. Now, as you heard this, you're probably wondering, what is going on here? in this story. 
Well, you know what this is? This is probably uh, the first example of a church stewardship campaign letter. You see, Paul is a pastor. You know, if, if you didn't know this, he would go around and he, a church planter, he would plant churches all over the Mediterranean region. And then once he planted a church, he would be with it for a while, build it up, and then he'd go on to another place and do the same thing, and then to another place and do the same thing, to another place and do the same thing. And so really, a lot of the New Testament, all these letters that we have, are Paul writing back to these churches that he started. So he's still pastoring them, not maybe through his presence, physical presence, but through letters. And this is the case here. He's writing a letter to the church in Corinth, which by you know, relative standards of the day is a fairly wealthy church. And he's asking them, to give to a collection. You see, the church in Jerusalem, which was kind of the mothership of all the churches, was going through a very severe famine. They were hungry. were going through a very difficult time. And Paul, as he traveled through the Mediterranean region, talking to these churches and preaching and checking in on them, was letting it be known that their brothers and sisters in Jerusalem, were suffering from hunger. Now, he let most of the churches know, but here's what's so interesting. The letter that in this passage, he talks about the churches in Macedonia, three of them. Very poor churches. And also, going through a very difficult time because of severe persecution. And so Paul hesitated to ask them to donate to this offering that he was taking to give to the church in Jerusalem. And so now he has heard that this church, these churches in Macedonia, even in the midst of severe persecution, and not being poor or being a poor church uh, in themselves, wanted to give to this offering. They begged him to do it. And so what he's doing, Paul is a very savvy guy, he is writing to the Corinthians, this wealthier church, and he's using these churches in Macedonia as an example of what generosity really looks like. He says, but you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, he writes to them, Though he was rich, for your sakes became poor and gave all he had. So he uses this as an example of giving. And he really raises the question, you know, why give? Why did this church give and why do we give? So let's just make a, quick, a couple of quick reflections. And some of this may be review over the last four weeks. Why did this church do this? Well, these churches do this. They gave because of what God had given to them. And here is the heart of our giving. And really the heart of the Christian life. We give because we have been given too so much. We give because we realize that we have been given so much and we're grateful. 
God is generous toward us. And then he calls us to be generous in the same way toward others. So we give out of fullness, and not just money, but in every way, as uh, we've seen in these other examples. We give love. We serve. We give our lives, because that is what has been given to us through Jesus Christ. This is what Paul is appealing to when he writes to the Corinthians. Friends, I just hope that over these weeks that you've come to the realization, at least in a greater sense, that we are rich people toward God. And I'm not talking about material wealth here, although most of us here are far wealthier than most of the people in the world. But Jesus Christ has given us so much, the freedom of forgiveness, joy, the lifting of guilt, new life in Christ, peace, his presence throughout all of life, the church. These are things that make us rich toward God. So we give because God has given to us. We give also when we see a need. This is what happened to these churches in Macedonia. We give out of gratitude, but we also give to get in on what God is doing in the world. You know, interesting thing, when you think about it, God, and I've said this before, God really doesn't need our money. You know, the United States collects trillions of dollars every year in taxes. I think God could do the same thing if he wanted to, don't you think? God asks us to give, to get in on what he is doing, to be partners in his work in the world. I'm not sure why, but for some reason, God wants us to join him in this work, to partner with him. He wants us to help, to give to the poor, to help raise disciples, to further his kingdom. The Macedonians were motivated to give because they saw a need, that their brothers and sisters were starving. You know, I hope we have made the case over these weeks, what our needs are. Our needs are, as a church, we are rebuilding a church. After a pandemic, after a few tough years of transition in leadership, other things, you know, as the staff talked about the vision for next year, last Tuesday, we spent a whole day, practically, talking about what, is, what do we need as a church? There are so many needs I will be honest with you, I think the church has been underfunded for a number of years. There are so many needs here, technologically, um, program-wise, our building. Uh, we, we looked in every area of the church and we saw, wow, we really need to catch up. When I look at where we are technologically, when I first got here, I thought, we're like in the 90s. <laughs> in terms of audiovisual and sound and other things, we have a lot to do. And so I, I hope that you see this need. We're not making it up. We want this church to thrive. We want our children's ministry to be reinvigorated. We want to fill that Christian Ed building. We want to be a church that can be a real witness to both Piedmont and our surrounding areas. And you know what? It takes money. It's a need. So the Macedonians saw this need, they gave. So when we see needs, we give. We also give in faith. 
You know, the story of the Macedonian generosity is truly amazing. They had every reason not to give. This was in a day, remember, this was in a day when there there were no such things as government safety nets and no unemployment payments if you lost your job, no welfare, no food programs in the schools. They had every reason to be worried, really, about their next meal. And yet, they had faith. They gave. You know, I was very encouraged this week. I had a number of emails from people after uh, last week saying, you know, we may not be there on Sunday. We've got other things going on. But I want you to know we are supportive and we are increasing our pledge. And what you said last week about progressive giving struck us. We are going to try to continue to increase our pledge as we grow as a church. I hope you do too, that you give in faith. The last thing, they gave with joy. I find it so interesting. These folks begged to be part of this offering, and they gave in joy. I love in that second passage I read, you know, we don't give with reluctance, and we don't give under compulsion, but we give with joy, and we're eager to give. You know, last week, uh, as I was preaching, all of a sudden I realized it got pretty quiet in the sanctuary last week. <laughs> and I, you know, when you talk about money, it, it strikes home, right? I never want it, I never want to heap guilt on people to give. I have no interest in that. I want to tell you what, what God says about giving. But I don't want you to give. I don't want you to give reluctantly or under compulsion not in a legalistic sense. God is graceful. But I also want you to take it seriously because it is a reflection of your heart. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, for our sake, he became poor so that by his poverty you might become rich. As we dedicate our pledges today, and I love this day because I think it's an opportunity for us to do something that we often don't get a chance to do, and that is to publicly, in a way, profess our commitment to Christ and to the church, to get up and bring this card forward. That's what we'll do um, after the offering. But here's, uh, again, I want to stress, this is family business. If you're uh, a visitor today, um, you do not have to participate, but you can fill out one of these cards and say, hey, I would love to pray for your church as you move forward. That would be great. Um, Let me give you the instructions and let you know what we're going to do. So there are cards. I think you were handed a card, a commitment card as you came in. Uh, There are also Pencil pens in the pew rack so that you have those. If a pen doesn't work, uh, just raise your hand and a, a, an usher will come and give you another pen. Um, uh, those folks, of, those of you online, you can also participate today. You can go uh, and there's a commitment card online that you can fill out and we encourage you to do that. This pledge is for the year 2023. So it's from January 
to December of 2023. And I want to say this, it does not, uh, this is a estimated giving. You, you know, if for some reason your situation changes, we understand that happens. This is just an estimate of you, what you would like for your financial commitment this year. Um, so I want to give us a couple minutes right now to just pray and think. Um, Steve will come down and play the piano as we prayerfully consider what we might want to give uh, this year.